Welcome to Business Magic with Maggie Gila, making your business feel and work like magic for you and those you want to impact. Turns out you don't need a wand, you need a strategy. Hello, this is Maggie, and I'm super excited to talk to you today about pricing. This is genuinely one of my favorite topics because it is business strategy, it's marketing, it's psychology, it's confidence, it's mindset, it's perception, and it it encompasses all these things. So the question of, you know, how much should I be charging? What should my prices be? Um, is always such a difficult question to answer because the very honest answer is, it depends. So today I'm going to walk you through a couple of concepts I always apply and a couple of questions I always ask my clients when we have this conversation. The difficulty or the complexity of the topic of pricing is because it is on one hand so related to your revenue and to your profitability and on the other hand it's also it can be such an emotional thing. There's a, this is one of the reasons why I don't like saying you should charge your worth. Your worth is so much more than what you charge. I'm going to say that again. Your worth is so much more than what you charge. This is not related. Your worth is not related to your pricing. So that's just that mantra. I have an issue with that. However, you can charge for the transformational value that you provide. That is something that you can charge for, but it's not necessarily related to your worth as a human being. So for example, with me, I'm a business and marketing strategist and a certified coach. A lot of the results and transformation I get for people is revenue-based, is marketing-based. So many of my clients have had um, their highest month of revenue ever through working with me. They've gone from a 2K a month to 20K months, and they've really built on their visibility and you know getting invited on to, to speak at conferences, on summits, launching podcasts, things like that. So that's quite a clear result. You can measure that. However, there's also more intangible results, more clarity, more confidence, taking more action. For something that's not business related, for example, if you are a parenting coach, one of your outcomes, one of the transformations for your clients is that you help them to stop shouting at their kids. That is a huge transformation and that's hugely desired. You should charge for that. Two, revenue goals. Now, I don't think your revenue goals are that important in deciding your pricing, but it does play a factor. Like, I'm not a big goal of saying, oh, I want to make 20K a month. I want to have five clients. Therefore, I'm going to charge, you know, 4,000 per client every month. Because strategically, that may not be the best decision for you, for your clients, for your audience, and or where you're currently at. What I like to do when I think about revenue goals, if you're a service provider, is looking at how many clients can you take a month, right? For someone like me, I am definitely more on the introverted side of the spectrum, and I also really prefer going in deep with people. I don't really like doing short one-off calls with new clients because there's just... I want to do so much more with them than I can do in a short amount of time. So I love doing intensives or masterminds, or if it's one-on-one, then ongoing coaching where we work together for at least three months on strategy and coaching. 
which means that I can take only a small number of clients at any given time, which means I know for my benchmark, I my prices have to be more on the premium side of things. What does that mean? That means my marketing, my authority building, how I build relationships, the results I deliver, they all need to be in that spectrum as well. So revenue goals, they're not the only deciding thing for deciding pricing, but it does play a factor. Number three, competitors. This can be a good benchmark. One way of looking at this is I say, if your clients don't hire you or they don't buy the thing you're selling, who else would they buy from? And that's who to look at. This can be helpful to give you an idea of the market that you're in. So if you're a copywriter who writes sales pages, do some research of other copywriters who've been in business for a similar length of time as you and how much they're charging for sales pages. Now, I do want to have a caveat here because when you do this, it can be a good benchmark for market research and just getting an idea of what else is out there, but you are seeing the surface level right? You only see the prices on the websites. You don't see how long it takes them, how many they do, what their profit margins are, if they enjoy that work, if it's actually profitable, um, what results they're getting with that. You don't see any of that. So again, like with the revenue goals, it's a good benchmark. It's a good factor. It's a good indicator, but it is not the full story. So you're using all these different touch points to build together a bigger picture. Number four, this is one of my favorite methods of pricing, which is the staircase method. Basically, it looks like having a starting price and having a goal price. And you make a price increase to go from A to B like a staircase. You jump it every single time. Now, how often and how much to jump that's up to you. But here are some things to keep in mind for this. So for example, um, how often to increase, you can do that by a length of time, right? Number of weeks or months in between. Or you can do that by number of sales you make in between. So for example, almost every time I sell a VIP strategy intensive day, I bump up the price, right? That's just how I'm doing things. Um, you can also say, okay, after I get five clients at this price, then I'm going to increase it, right? By how much to increase, again, up to you. I think 10%, 20% is a good rule of thumb. Any more than that, um, the danger of suddenly hiking up your pricing is that your messaging, your marketing, and your audience also needs to catch up. So there's a lot more you have to do in between to make all the rest of that catch up to your new pricing. Obviously, I'm not talking if you're going from like $5 to $10 for digital product, but if you're going from, you know, a thousand to to three thousand, then that's a bigger difference. For example, so I love to use the staircase method of, of pricing with any new offer. I I have a starting price where I'm like, cool, this is the price I'm happy to sell this at, and I will feel rewarded and not resentful of anyone who buys this for this price. But here is the goal price I want to work towards in a matter, you know, with within a certain kind of timeline. Next up, one of my favorite examples to use is the shoe analogy. Which shoe would you buy? So imagine you are going out and you want to buy a pair of black boots. Simple, basic black boots that make you feel like a rock star. 
you go out and you see two pairs of black boots and they look exactly the same. They look completely identical, except for the price tag. One pair costs $10. One pair costs $100. Which pair would you buy? Every time I ask this question, everyone says, I would buy the pair for $100. And then I ask, why? They look the same. And they say, well, the cheaper ones will probably fall apart immediately and the $100 ones will last me longer. And I say, but how do you know that? They look the same. This is price perception, price value perception. When price is the only differentiator you have, you assume higher price equals higher quality. And that exact same principle applies to your pricing too. And I say this more for people who are undercharging. You know who you are. When someone, when people who undercharge, people who are overachievers, people pleasers, we like to overdeliver. Um, I'm definitely one of the, like, that's my natural tendency as well. We like to overdeliver. And that means we tend to undervalue and undercharge for what we do. Because we are like, we want to be nice and we want to give you all the things. Therefore, we're going to charge less. But the perceived perception, the perception of the quality of our work is, oh, that's not too expensive. And the, the idea there isn't, oh, that's not too expensive. Awesome. It's, oh, that must not be very good. Think of the shoes. Think of why in the world would you buy a $100 pair of shoes over $10 if they look the exact same? Price and value perception. Next, your ideal clients. What else are they spending money on? This is one of my favorite questions to ask, again, when it comes to underpricing, because a lot of people think, oh, but my thing is different. They're not going to pay for it. Like, why would someone want to pay X amount for what I do? That doesn't make sense. It's too much. It's embarrassing. So let's say, you know, I sell a mastermind or I sell a sell a service or an offer and it's $500. And I can be thinking, oh my God, that's like a lot of money. Like, you know, it's only, let's say, an hour of my time. I'm charging 500 bucks. Like, that's completely crazy. What would my mother say? What would my grandmother say? These are all thoughts I have definitely had in the past. And then you think, when is the last time my ideal clients have spent that amount of money on something? For my clients, 500 bucks is generally a no-brainer. Like we spend that on courses, on events, on new tech constantly. So we may definitely have a thought process behind that, but it's also not a deal breaker for my people, right? And that price and that decision-making process will be different for each person. Then have a think also about the last time you spent money on something and what went through your head. Sometimes you just know, you see something like, I see a pair of black boots. I'm looking for a pair of black boots. This is in my budget. They fit all the features I want. I like them. Awesome. I'm buying them. For anything that's more premium, requires more trust or bigger financial or time commitment, that decision-making process may take longer. For me, buying something um, electronics related is a pretty big decision-making process. Like even buying a new um, podcast microphone or a webcam, I think my webcam was about $100, which isn't like a huge deal in the business side of things with how much money gets spent on various things. But it took me a couple of weeks to make that decision to do that research because I was scared of making a mistake. 
right? And that's definitely how some people do things. Like um, I know people who are considering hiring me. They're listening to my podcast. They check me out on Instagram. They want to make sure I'm legit. They want to make sure that I know what I'm talking about, that we have similar values, that we have similar, um, you know, that I will be able to understand them the way they want to be understood and that I am someone who they would want mentorship and support from. So that process can literally be years. I've had people who have hired me after being in my circles for four years and just watching and waiting for the right time for them to take that next step. So, and that doesn't mean that customer journey is always going to be that long, but it is something to keep in mind when you are planning your marketing, right? When you're planning your sales strategy and your sales plan, what do your people need to know? How do they process buying decisions What does that thought process look like for them? And what can you have in place to make that easier for them? So to summarize some of the top questions and concepts to think about when deciding your pricing, we talked about number one, charging your worth versus charging for the transformational value you provide. We talked about revenue goals to help you with a benchmark looking at doing some market research on your competitors to be a benchmark. But again, it's just surface level, but it can be a factor in helping you decide. The staircase method of increasing your prices as you gain more confidence, experience, and social proof. The shoe method, the shoe analogy, actually, um, the shoe example of price and value perception, your ideal clients, and what else are they spending money on? as well as their own decision-making process when buying anything. So I would love to hear from you. How do you decide your pricing? And do you think you're currently underpricing? Maybe it's a bit too high? Or are you in the perfect Goldilocks place for your pricing? If you'd like to have a chat about your pricing offers, business strategy, and profit model, then let's have a call. Go to maggiegila.com forward slash call to get on my schedule and have a conversation about how we can work together. Have a wonderful rest of your day and I'll speak to you next week. Hey, hey, thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you never miss new episodes. And if you have a business bestie who needs to hear this message, go share this with them. See you in the next one. Love and magic, Maggie.